Hello everyone and welcome back to Local Legends with Lark Farley. I'm your host, Lark. A little bit about the podcast. If you're new, basically I share with you all stories that took place in my small hometown, Brown County in Indiana. These stories range from true crime to the paranormal and everywhere in between. If you'd like to share your own hometown stories, you can email me at locallegendswithlark at gmail.com. As always, all the articles used in today's episode are linked in the description should you want to read them for yourself. All right, let's get into it. Happy October, everyone. If you're new here, October is my favorite month. It's the month of my birth and the month of the best holiday, which in my opinion is Halloween. So welcome to the spooks. Welcome to the creeps. Get your cozy on because for the month of October, I have a series of really fun, spooky, and interesting episodes for you guys. Starting off hot, (laughs) see what I did there. In today's episode, like the title says, it's an arson story. Now, we've already covered a previous arson case or multiple of them because if there's one thing Brown County loves, it's arson. People just like to set things on fire. I mean, I kind of get it, I guess. A rural town, small, what else you got to do on a Friday night? You're going to set stuff on fire. So we're going to have fun with this episode. I'm going to say that right off the the bat, you know, no one died in this fire. So I feel like it gives us the space to have fun with the story. Is it horrific, you know, that people set fire to things? Yes. We don't condone arson on this podcast. However, this is a series of weird events. You know, I kind of just went into this assuming it was going to be like, are the other previous arson cases we've covered, you know, like the burning of the Opry, where it's kind of like insurance money, blah, blah, blah. People set stuff on fire of their own property, hoping to get money out of it. This isn't it. That's not what we got ourselves into. I went down a rabbit hole of investigation. There are some weird um, details. We got a lot of people involved in this one. It's so just sit back, relax, and get buckled up for this one is all I got to say. Grab your favorite beverage, grab a cozy blanket, and let's break it all down, shall we? So today's episode, like I said, and like the title states, is another wonderful case of arson. <laughs> what kind of sets this one apart, though, is just the series of events. We've talked previously related to arson of cases. Again, we've had a water trailer on fire, car on fire, and then the burning of the Nashville Opry. You know, we have a variance of fire stories for anyone who's interested. Um, th- what's kind of sets apart this one, though, is that this fire was insane. This wasn't just like a little oopsie whoopsie fire. This was like billowing flames from the pits of hell. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, so let's break it down, shall we? So Seasons Fire was arson. So the Seasons Lodge, if you're not familiar with Brown County or the lore there, was a hotel and lodge and conference center located in, you guessed it, Brown County, Indiana. Now this lodge was popular with visitors and brought in a lot of business to Brown County. 
So we loved it, you know, money, 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 small town, lots of visitors because it's a town kind of centered on visitors. They have lots of like art galleries and shops and stuff. So a lot of the revenue that's um, made in Brown County comes from visitors. And so having places for visitors to stay is obviously important. And there's lots of hotels in Brown County. Seasons was a nice big one. She nice. She got a pool. She got several wings. She got nice, you know, rooms. So a lot of people stayed there. Also, central location. We love that. Anyway, moving on. On January 2nd, 2007, things would get heated. (laughs) I'm sorry. I apologize. That will be my last uh, fire joke, I swear. Anyway, at 3.03 a.m. on January 2nd, this lovely gentleman by the name of Zach Davis who was the front desk clerk of the Seasons Hotel, would call the police and EMTs reporting smelling smoke in the hotel. Now, I guess, um, and we can all agree, that working in a hotel, smelling smoke and seeing it is probably, like, not it. You know, like, it's not, this is something that you want to, like, experience on the job. You know, you're like, I'm just, I'm just here doing my job, like, I, and now there's fire. Like, okay, that's kind of, like, out of my price range to deal with. So, with the help of EMTs and the police that arrived at the scene, they were able to evacuate all of the hotel's 18 guests. Lucky for them, this wasn't the hot season, which is, you know, anywhere between September to November when the leaves change and people lose their ever-loving minds, and every hotel room was booked. So, thankfully, this was the off-season, And there was only 18 guests staying there, meaning, obviously, evacuating 18 guests versus 400 is a little bit easier to do. So they were able to get all 18 guests out. Now, for helping to evacuate all of the guests in the hotel, Mr. Zach Davis would be awarded the Hometown Hospitality Award from the Brown County Convention of Visitors Bureau for his assistance. Shout out to a great one, Zachy Davis. Hope you're doing well, my guy. Now, the EMTs, Micah Fox and Eric Koperbaugh, who arrived at the scene, were able to evacuate the guests from the hotel with the help of the fire extinguishers that were in the ambulance. They went door-to-door in the smoke-filled hallways, assisting all of the guests in evacuating. So shout out to them too. Micah would be accredited with radioing the fire chief about flames coming out of the roof of the hotel and the fire chief was able to radio nearby fire departments to come out to assist. According to the fire chief, there was a lot of fire. It was coming across the roof. He's a man of few words, this fire chief. So I assume when he says there was a lot of fire, there was probably a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't seem like to be the most descriptive man out there. Um, certainly not. However, when a fire chief says there was a lot of fire, that's not nice to hear. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is, that's a lot of fire. We're dealing with a lot of fire. Now, what's interesting is a photographer from the Brown County Democrat, shout out, arrived quickly on the scene as well to document the blaze because, of course, why wouldn't you when anything happens in Brown County of notoriety at all? The Brown County Democrat is on that. They are on it and fast. You forgot to put your trash bins out and Aunt Meredith, who lives next door, started beating the crap out of your car and broke the windshield. You best believe the Brown County Democrat is out there. Before the police even arrive on the scene, they're out there with their photographs ablazing and they are on that story and it is out by 5 p.m. that same day. You know what I'm saying? If there's one thing we can say about the Brown County Democrat is they are quick and they are precise. So he said, and was quoted as saying, the photographer from the Brown County Democrat, it is my job to document it. You know, if anyone's going to get those 
flames for the paper, you best believe it's the Brown County Democrat. Anyway, he went on to give an official statement regarding the fire, stating, upon arrival, I was some distance from the hotel and I noticed an odd glow in the sky. I realized how serious of a working fire it was from quite some distance away because you could see the fire in the sky, not the flames, but the glow. I wanted to document as much as I could for the investigators on my team. The more pictures you take in the early stages of a fire, the better off investigation goes. To which I say, he was just trying to help out, you know? Like, he knew. He was like, okay, this fire is going to be investigated. So, how are they going to investigate it if they don't know what it looked like? So, he just took all the pictures. So, shout out to own local legend in their right. Brown County Democrat photographers. Now, it would prove difficult for the firefighters to fight the flames, however, as water access was a problem, which is never something you want to hear. Okay. When you have a fire that's insane, you don't want the firefighters to be like, hey, girl, hey, we don't have any water. So we're just going to sit out here and look cute and hope the fire goes down naturally. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not it. That's not it. That's not why I called you. I did not call the firefighters to come out and tell me that we don't have water. <laughs> that's your problem to fix, not mine. So apparently water was just like not around and didn't exist. So the closest fire hydrant was 800 to 1200 feet away from the hotel, which made it very difficult to use to, you know, quench the flames. So in order to get the amount of water needed to fight this insane fire that was accelerating, by the way, and getting bigger, the firefighters had to end up using a fire hydrant that was across the highway of the hotel in a nearby grocery store called IGA, meaning that they had to shut down the entire highway in order to get the high fire hydrant needed to quench the flames of the said fire, which is every hour, every minute getting crazier. It's like a Three Stooges episode. It's like if you had an insane fire, you call, you know, the fire people, they come out and it's just a series of Three Stooges events. They're fighting with each other. Now their hose doesn't work and isn't long enough. So then they don't have water now. And it's just like, it is just a mess. So they have to like shut down the highway. They have to try to get the, the you know, the hose connected to the hydrant that's like really far away and across the highway. What a mess. Just an absolute disaster. So around 40 rooms of the hotel will be completely and utterly destroyed by the fire when all was said and done. Now, due to the hotel having firewalls and concrete floors, this helps the fire be kept contained to one wing of the hotel, meaning that the east wing of the hotel was left unscathed and still stands and is in use today. Now, over a hundred firefighters would arrive at the scene to help with the fire. And according to eyewitnesses, the fire's flames were over 70 feet tall. So this fire was not playing games. This fire says, hello, girl, I am here and I'm going to put on a show. This is like 4th of July, January edition. You know what I'm saying? Like it came out guns blazing. <laughs> okay. You know how I said I was going to make one last fire joke? Okay. Well, there we, there we go. So anyway, over, like, just like imagine this. Okay. You have a fire in your hotel. It's spreading. You call the fire people. Those fire people call fire people. And then those fire people that know fire people call them too. And then it's just like, it's like spreading a hundred firefighters. Girl, that's like so many cooks in the kitchen. A hundred firefighters with no access to water. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's just what a mess. What a mess. What have we learned here? If there's one thing we've learned, there needs to be more water hydrants in Brown County, Indiana. So listen up to all the county representatives listening to this podcast hello girl talking to you you might want to collect money and think about adding some other hot you know fire hydrants they're important and with all the arson events that happen in brown county you know it might be good to think ahead 
So two weeks after the fire took place, Fire Marshal Roger Johnson gave a news conference at the Brown County Law Enforcement Center and announced publicly to everyone, news, locals, Brown County Democrat, girl, you name it, they were there, the cause of the fire. You want to guess what it was? That's right, arson. Now, with the help of Johnson's fire marshal team, as well as the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, what a name, calm down, please, they were able to lead the investigation into the cause of the season's fire. Now, the origin of the fire was thought to be a stack of wood that was outside of the hotel. There was no logical reason for the fire to start where it started, Johnson stated. A pile of wood doesn't normally catch fire by itself, to which I say that's typically true, Johnson. You're very, you're very perceptive here. Your perception skills off the chart. You are correct. Typically, you know, a pile of wood does not (laughs) catch itself on fire. However, there are things that can catch a wood pile on fire. You know, human, human fingies can get involved and and then matches can get involved from the human fingies and then ta-da, you have a fire. Now, to this day, though, they have no idea who started the fire, and there have been no arrests made for the fire. So we got a little unsolved mystery on our hands, girl. Did I read and do all this investigation into this case for it all to become an unsolved mystery? No, I did not. I did not expect this, okay? This was a nice little plot twist. I just, like, I did not expect Agatha Christie to make this story. You know what I'm saying? I went into this arson story expecting a finite answer. But what do we know about arson? Nobody knows. If fire's involved... All bets are off, and nobody knows. Nobody knows who caused it. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows who. Nobody. It's just like all identification goes out the window, and all details are lost. So to this day, like I said, they don't know. They have no idea. No leads. No idea. No resolution. Now, Andy Rogers was the owner of the hotel at the time the fire took place, and he said that he wasn't convinced that the fire was intentional and due to arson. So our man Andy goes, nah, girl, you ain't making no sense. And because there's no evidence, you can't tell me that's arson, and I ain't gonna believe yet. Which I say, shout out Andy, putting on your detective's cap and thinking about other theories. So he doesn't believe that the fire was caused by a person. He's like, absolutely not. You can't tell me that it did, because you don't know. And he went on to state, I was always bothered by the fact that investigators stated that the fire was caused by arson because there was no suspect being arrested. And if it was, in fact, arson, then you'd have to prove it was an intentional act. Now, the Brown County prosecutor at the time, a man we've talked about um, a lot, he's been involved in a lot of cases, Sir uh, Jim Oliver. Now, he received the findings from the investigation and Oliver said that one suspect had, in fact, been identified. And the information provided proved that the fire had been intentionally set. However, there wasn't enough evidence to bring a case against that suspect or anybody. When asked about possible motives, Oliver stated innuendo, which is like, let's all put on our detective little caps, get out our cigars, and let's solve this together, shall we? Innuendo, what a fun little word. Now, arson cases are considered the toughest to prove, right? Because like we said before, lack of evidence and everything can be destroyed in the fire. So I think it's my understanding that there was an awful lot of arson cases that go unsolved. That's what Oliver said, to which I say, you are correct, sir. (laughs) A lot of arson cases do go unsolved. In fact, I want you to name me one arson case that happened in Brown County that has been solved. Because we've talked about a lot of arson cases on this podcast, and guess what? None of them have been solved. Now, a second suspect. So, okay. We thought there was one, two. A second suspect would be identified as well. But again, there wouldn't be enough evidence to bring charges against them either. Now, Oliver stated that he was very frustrated by this case and being unable to convict someone for the crime. But he said, and this is a direct quote, I wasn't going to bring a case where I couldn't 
be confident that I knew who did it. So I guess shout out to a legend for not trying to convict someone wrongfully for a crime they didn't convict. <laughs> um, so that's good. We love that. Now there were an R alternative theories as to what caused the fire. So one of the most popular ones being that a guest at the hotel had accidentally set the fire in their fireplace. Because if you didn't know, the Seasons Lodge, every room in the hotel had a fireplace. Because what do people want when they come to Brown County, Indiana? They want to feel homey and cute. What's homey and cute? Wood stoves and fireplaces. So that's what this hotel had. Every hotel room had its own private fireplace that worked. It's not an electric one. It's not like a, an LED one. It's not a movie screen, you know. No, it is a actual real flames, wood, kerosene, I don't know how it all works, fireplace that you with your own human hands, your drunk sausage fangies can light yourself. How this happened to be the first fire seasons experienced, I don't know. Because what do visitors that stay at the lodges of Brown County love more than anything to do get absolutely trashed and hammered on local ale? And what happens when someone has access to matches and fires in a fireplace and is absolutely out of their mind? You combine those two and you're in for a party, just not the kind you thought. It's going to end with, you know human meat smell. You know what I'm saying? Because you're just going to set your own room on fire, you're going to be too drunk, you're going to pass out from the smoke inhalation, and then wow, you've cooked yourself. So like how in the world this was the first fire season's experience, I don't know, but they had it coming to them with that whole personal fireplace idea. Whoever's idea that was, eh, that was a bad one. No, you don't need that. Nobody needs that. Put a fake one in. It works the same and you don't have to worry about, you know, human flesh being cooked in the room. I agree with that theory. I think that makes perfect sense. Someone that got absolutely blasted and started messing with the fireplace. Perfect sense. I 100% believe that that is the case. And that is exactly what happened. However, there's another theory that, according to the owner, he said that his own personal belief as to what happened was that it was a practice of his employees to take wood that was left unburned in the fireplaces in the hotel rooms, so the, the wood that hadn't been burned, and put it back in the outside wood pile, which is where the fire was thought by investigators to have been started. So we know the root cause of the fire was the wood pile that was outside of the hotel. So the fire could have also been started had a guest, let's say, tried to use an accelerant of some kind, like lighter fluid, to start a fire in their fireplace. And then an employee put a piece of the wood from that fire that had that accelerant back onto the wood pile outside while it was still smoldering. And bam, boom, bang, you got a big old fire on your hands, which would make sense. So Okay, if you're going to sit down and ask me my own personal theory, you know, you're open to make your own. Let's all think about this collectively as I share these facts. However, if you're going to ask me from my own personal perspective, I'm going to combine these two theories. Why not? Let's have fun. So I think what happened is a blasted couple, let's say, absolutely out of their minds, just hammered beyond belief, decided you know, they were trying to set the fire in the fireplace, couldn't do it, right? They're too hammered. Their fingies weren't working. Everything is a mess. You know, what happens when you have a little too much fun? So they couldn't get the fire started themselves. So what did they do? Well, you know, 
being who they are, they had accelerant on hand, because why not? And so they use that lighter fluid to try to start the fire, because again, they're too blasted, they can't do it naturally. So it didn't quite work out either. Maybe they used too much. And I don't know. Something happened where it didn't quite work out and they still couldn't get the fire started. And so then the next morning, you know, they check out and whatever. And then the employee takes that wood that has the accelerant in it that maybe... I don't know. It's like he said, a little smoldering in there. Puts it back on the wood pile that's all dried wood, perfect for kindling. And it just lights like a dream and thus creates the fire. That's my opinion. However, none of these said theories and avenues were ever explored by investigators. According to Johnson, he never investigated these avenues as there was no concrete evidence presented to him. To which I say, Johnson, my guy, there's no evidence that it's arson either. Like, sure, you had two suspects, but nothing ever happened there. There was no evidence that they had done it. And Jim Oliver, a legend, wasn't about to convict anyone for a crime that he couldn't prove they did. So, like, Johnson, you need to relax. Johnson went on to state that he, the case would remain open, however, would not be actively investigated unless new information was presented, stating there are no cold case division in the fire marshal's office. I think it's always going to be open unless somebody comes forward and says, I set the fire or unless some other evidence appears, which we all know by now never happened. Now, due to the volunteer fire department stopping the fire and therefore saving the hotel from being utterly destroyed, they were presented with an outstanding service award. Shout out. Love that. Now, Johnson would go on to state, it was an incredible fire, a very large fire, a dangerous fire. The fact that no one was hurt, there were no victims, and the hotel itself was not lost made for a successful outcome as far as firefighting is concerned. To which I say, Johnson, as always, the most descriptive man on the planet. So the seasons would reopen on April 15, 2007 with 20 guest rooms, a restaurant and bar, swimming pool and a conference room. April 15th is also the same date that the hotel first opened in 1970. Both wings of the hotel are now, to the present day, fully functional and you can stay in them. The current owner of the hotel says that he will always be impressed by the current owner at the time of the fire as, and this is a quote, of all the big fires I've been a part of in the last 30 years, everybody says, oh yeah, we're going to rebuild, we're going to rebuild. He had no insurance on that building and it's one of the few large fires that we've had that actually got rebuilt. Even though the previous owner didn't have insurance on the hotel, he was able to rebuild and keep his employees employed, to which I say shout out to a legend, an absolute legend. Also, like I said, it sounds like they had other fires, so um, my theory was right, y'all. People been having too much fun getting blasted playing with fire like they do. So this wasn't the first time the seasons had encountered a fire. It just so happened this was the big bad boy version of fire. But it, it ended up working out, you know, even though he didn't have insurance on the hotel, which is like crazy. Because usually when we read these stories, it always comes down to the insurance money, but not with this one because he didn't even have insurance money on the hotel. But somehow this man was able to rebuild it. Um, so that was it for today's episode. A weird, um, a serious, still unsolved one. A cold case of arson in Brown County with the Seasons Hotel. Thankfully, no one uh, live, no one's life was taken and they were actually able to rebuild the hotel. So har- no harm, no foul. Next week, we're going to be getting into more of the spooks in honor of the best month of the year, October. Next upload will be uh, breaking down the case of the Mill Race Monster. And if you know anything about me, you know I love spookies. I love horror. And 
one thing I love more than both of those things is spooky monster stories. Bigfoot, shout out, a legend, a local legend. We love him. We stand. But now we're going into a different direction for this month of October, and we're going to be talking about the Mill Race Monster, which is a local monster. And I'm so excited, if you can't tell. Love it. So if you're interested in that, check out uh, the next upload. And in the meantime, as we always say here on the podcast, stay safe, stay hydrated, and I'll see you next time. Bye!